Hey guys, and welcome to episode four of the Flixwatcher podcast. I'm Kobe. I'm Helen. On today's show, we have Tony and Jay from How to Write a Tune and GL Productions, and we're going to be talking about the talented Mr. Ripley. The guys are great, and we're really looking forward to you guys listening to the show. We are, of course, on iTunes, where you can subscribe and leave us a lovely review. You can also find us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod. Come say hi, give us a tweet, and visit the website flixwatcher.tv for full listings of each episode. As always, films reviewed in this podcast were available to stream on Netflix UK at the time of recording. There may be bad language and there may be spoilers. You have been warned. We'll see you on the other side. Hi there. So we're going to say hello to our guest today. Uh, one of our guests today is Tony. Hello, Tony. Hello. I'm Tony from How to Write a Tune. We're a podcast where we talk to musicians all the time and uh, quite looking forward to talking about something else for once. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Excellent. And we also have with us today, we've got Jay. Hi, I'm Jay. Hi. I can't wave on a podcast, I always forget that. Well, you can wave, but people can't see it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I'm one of the founding directors of GL Productions and we are a content creation company. Fantastic. And also I'm looking forward to talking about movies as well for a change. (laughs) And that's what we like. Lots of movie chalk. So in today's episode, we are going to be discussing the Anthony Minghella film from 1999, The Talented Mr. Ripley, which is Jay's choice. So first question, why did you pick this particular film? I wanted to be dead artsy fartsy. <laughs> uh, no, I... <laughs> it's a good um, enough response. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a real cinephile. I, I watch just movie after movie after movie after movie. In fact, when... Tony and I knew that we were kind of coming on here. We were looking at some things of, of, of how we watch movies. And yeah. I, I'll watch half hour of a movie while I'm cooking. Or like in the morning, I'll hit 45 minutes of, of, of a film I've already watched like 25 minutes of before. I'll just con- I continuously watch films, basically. So it's kind of hard to say, what do you want to watch from Netflix? Because I, I, I really hit all of the different genres. Yeah. An awful lot as well. Um, <laughs> Plus you're halfway through all of them. Yeah. And I'm halfway <laughs> through all of them. I don't want to finish. <laughs> um, so I, Talented Miss really kind of jumped up is A, Matt Damon's in my head because Bourne films out soon. That's true. And he's just always in everyone's head. He's just there. He's omnipresent. He is pretty dreamy. And you get to see a lot of him in this film, don't you? You do. Yeah, absolutely do. And also, I've just watched and made my poor suffering missus walk through the first three Bourne films in preparation for the fourth one coming out as well. So it was nice to see kind of something he did what back in someone's at a time when was when was 1999 so it was quite a while ago yeah so what's that 17 years ago right at the beginning of of mr the talented mr damon's career (laughs) so we were talking about this helen and i beforehand and we're saying that damon looks very very slim very 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 wiry in this film Mm. and you're talking about the born films coming up and he's a he's a big guy nowadays isn't he yeah he has to be for those doesn't he yeah I i think after um before Talented Mr. Ripley, he did a film called, like, In the Line of Fire or something. Uh, Courage Under Fire. Courage Under Fire. That's it, yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah, you, get the, you get the prize. With Meg, someone or other. Ryan, Ryan come yeah. on, yeah. yeah. Which is a great film. It is a great what film. It's really good. Then what other Meg is there? <laughs> <laughs> and in that, he end up, I think he plays a heroin addict or something in it, or he gets, he gets dead skinny. Yeah. <laughs> now, because of that, he almost didn't get Dave and Private Ryan that was kind of a part sure. he was really really known for but for being really really skinny in and it was a case of like i really want that guy to play it so i think he's still in 
in like make yourself bigger again mode while by the time Ripley's on because he's dead 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 skinny yeah and he's playing a young guy though as well oh true what is he, so he's come from university mm-hmm. well, he doesn't go to university what's the story can you give us the story of the talent yeah, yeah alright it's oh, quite geez. gives a synopsis yeah. it's okay, quite summit, okay summit good shout sentence. wow a talented Mr Ripley and <laughs> I watched this thrice recently <laughs> 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 okay so young guy is in college playing a little piano because he's not, he's not in college. He's not. No, he's not in college. Attending <laughs> the yeah, first yeah, few yeah, words have fallen on my face. <laughs> he's the tuner. He's not. He plays. Yeah, well, he he plays Ponzi parties. He makes yeah. make a few quid. Pretends he's someone. He's like, do you know matey boy? And he's like, I don't matey boy. I'm good friends with matey boy. We went to Yale together. Yale. Harvard. Princeton. Son of Princeton. Princeton. <laughs> no, he's one of the. Oh, is it Harvard? Ivy League. League. Yeah, he goes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is Princeton, I think. Yeah. But now it's set. It's a period piece. Do you know when it's set? Let's say after some war. After some war, but before some recent war. Yeah. <laughs> so it's got a, it's, it's very jazz focused. It so is so like twenties, thirties, odd. Parker and ah. that kind of period. Yeah. And Vespers kind of. Yeah. Part <laughs> of Italy. It's in Italy. Is it, yeah. yeah. It's Jingichendo. It can't be twenties. It can't be that. Early, no, I it? think it's a bit later than that. Yeah. Okay, but but pre Second World War. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So. He gets the opportunity to go and find a rebel of a son who is being paid too much, has too much an allowance. And as Matt Damon has set himself up, or Mr. Ripley has set himself up as this guy's friend and confidant, he takes the job and essentially gets a free ticket to Europe to go to the nicest places. Finds him, weasels his way in, and then gets really weird. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but... Is is that some sort of synopsis? I think that was the breakdown that was given to Matt Damon that sold him the film. (laughs) Go to Italy and get a bit weird. So things get really weird. <laughs> <laughs> he, he essentially falls in love with this uh, with this guy, Dickie, who's played by Jude Law, who is the son of the rich guy, which is why Matt Damon, Mr. Ripley, is out there to find him. But who is with who? His girlfriend. With his girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I'm useless. <laughs> <laughs> Three times. <laughs> but he kind of falls in love with the kind of ethos of this guy and the, the, and the way this guy is perceived and wants to become him, but also has... A real talent for mimicry, hence where the talent kind of comes from, I guess. Yeah, the talent of Mr. Ripley can mimic is better than, give me the name of a mimic, <laughs> Alistair McGowan. I bet he did. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the other way yeah. that name was sold in it. You'll be like Alistair McGowan. <laughs> so here's a question. Does, I know there's certain parts in the movie where he does impressions of people. Yeah. Do we know, did he, is that faked? Or is that him being actually very good at impressions? That's interesting, yeah. Because I don't know the answer to that question. Because he does, he does the voice of um, the, guy's dad. the guy's dad, and it's really, yeah, yeah. it's very different. But then it? he also does Jude Law and Gwyneth Paltrow at one point. He's like overhearing, he's listening to them and kind of copying them in the mirror. Mm. But at, at that point, I was like, is he not doing that? Is he or is he? I don't know. But you very well done, all the same. It's really well done, yeah. And you kind of see throughout the process of the movie that this guy ha- is kind of almost devoid of personality He's is he doesn't have his own roots of it and hence why he f- starts to like i say almost fall in love with the idea of people is especially if they're very extrovert or they're very musical or they're very this or very that mm. he kind of falls in love with that idea and the ability to take it over and i'm not sure but on on like i said my second or third watching starting to think is is He's definitely a sociopath, but then I guess when with all that killing, oh spo- spoilers! <laughs> no, spoilers. So, there's also then a bunch of killing. <laughs> but you could be excused for falling asleep halfway through that movie as well, and thinking that you'd seen most of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, and and get... to have watched a really good movie. And so yeah, it's still a really good movie. It ends half an hour and half through, and then you're like, oh, 
Oh, that was interesting. I don't know what happened at the end, but it's probably great. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, well, there's another hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, because it's kind of just a nice film to watch, isn't it? It's kind of pootling along. Yeah. And especially if you've seen it recently, you think, oh, Gwyneth Paltrow, Kate Blanchett's in it, mm. Philip Seymour mm. Hoffman's like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. PSH is in it. He's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great PSH performance yeah. as well. He's really cool in it. And that's just pooling. It's nice film, nice set, nice setting. Mm. And uh, everyone's playing their, not their A game, but everyone's enjoying it, can see they're enjoying it. And then suddenly, Damon gets very weird, watches, watches them having sex on the boat. Philip Seymour Hoffman says, why are you doing that? And he stops <laughs> and then he kills Jude Law. This is it. On the, on the boat. But that's kind of thing. It's, it's almost a, a case of, because he, f he likes the idea of people and how they are, the more he gets to know them, he either gets completely sucked into it, but it's kind of like the meeting your heroes thing. Mm. He then starts to see the flaws in it, and it's like, well, that's awful. That's really bad. Like, he he hates them having sex on the boat. However, is completely intrigued by it and can't take his eyes off it to the point where another guy's watching him is like, yo, that's our friend, dude. That's two of our friends, you know. We're on his boat. Let him have a moment. <laughs> but you know and, and, and kind of goes too much into it which I guess why is he then wants to take over that personality afterwards and kind of be the best Dicky he can be mm. um, Dicky being Jude Law's character being Jude Law's character I've been thinking about um, the character of the talented Mr Ripley Tom Ripley what do you think it is about his kind of character and or the way Matt Damon plays him that you know he's so good at being able to kind of weasel his way into this mm. completely different world because it is a completely different world and basically fake everything down to obviously his history mm. and everything else that follows mm. well I've, I've read the books I, I read the, I've read the Tom Ripley books as well but a while back and it's interesting how every actor who's played them which is Barry Pepper and John Malkovich have both played sort of Tom Ripley at different stages in his life He's, he's always really interesting because as he goes on in life, the character of Tom Ripley becomes very confident of who he is mm. and then kind of shuns everything and doesn't want anyone around him to to change that. But in what's really good about the way Matt Damon sort of plays him is a sponge. He's learning all the time and you can kind of watch him learning things. And I think it's in, in, like a few people say it during the movie, they're like, now you're telling me it's three streets along or someone else is like haven't you learned a lot mm. but you know when you came here you were so so naive and you didn't know anything now it's like ah grazie <laughs> and running around and I think he it's this kind of search he's having to find where he wants to be and you know when it moves into the very last sort of moments of the film and he's found someone who really likes him for him but the kind of twisted lies and the situation he spun himself into the only guy who loves him for him and that he loves will also bring him down essentially and yeah. bring down the lie that he's built so because he's a sociopath well a psychopath he is like well you have to go and i think he's crying isn't he? he's crying really yeah. really badly as he as he kills the guy just it's beautifully shot and it comes away from the boat and you just hear him crying and it's, oh thanks <laughs> <laughs> poor old matt but it's 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 that moment almost where he's saying like you know that's I, I'm making the decision you know that is I I have to be the the other guy and I'm just never going to be Ripley again he's never going to be Tom Ripley and I just I think that's really interesting and the way Matt Damon plays such kind of a vicious guy with such sensitivity is is kind of all the way through it. you 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 almost rooting for him, for him even mm. after he's nailed Dicky with with the old ore oh. <laughs> it's, it's the original Dexter in that sense isn't it like, yeah it, like that was probably the first. 
I'm sure there's older examples in cinema history of rooting for the, the yeah, murderer. But, but that, but that exactly where you like the guy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and you feel kind of awkward because of it, but you're sucked in too. Like, you like Mr. Ripley. He's very talented. <laughs> and he sells it as well, doesn't he? Like, it's quite an unbelievable character in reality. If you were to meet that person, you'd be quite surprised that that could actually exist. But Matt Damon, and, well, and the character it's, as it's written is sold to, as believable. Like, yeah. I do believe that character is re- I can, you know, I do believe in that character even though I wouldn't really believe a person could be that good <laughs> all those things <laughs> so just, just turn up and listen to some jazz jazz records mm. rock up in Italy and say hey I went, to, I went to university with you do you remember me no but let's have dinner <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> simple as that yeah I feel only I knew it was that easy <laughs> just out of interest find out when was the first time everyone saw it because obviously it's been around for 17 years now mm. when when was the first time you saw it Kobe can you remember I you think were... I probably saw it on DVD perhaps a couple of years after it came out yeah so, so probably you know, I was at university time I think so that's obviously kind of pre-born so what you associate with Matt Damon was this the first time? yeah no I'd seen it before but it was a long time ago probably at the cinema mm. and Probably fell asleep at the cinema, <laughs> but then had watched had watched the whole thing at some point between now and then. But I couldn't possibly tell you when. But yeah, that's, I think that's what cinema. <laughs> I, I saw it at the cinema. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I remember sort of seeing Goodwill Hunting and falling down the Matt Damon and Ben Affleck rabbit hole for a while and just making mm. sure I'd seen everything, even Reindeer Games. Um, I've seen. <laughs> that's commitment. And to sit all the way through it, again in 45 minute chunks. But <laughs> so you paid for the cinema like five times? <laughs> <laughs> now I have done that with Third Lord of the Rings. Oh really? Yeah, I went the first time and I went with someone we took a bottle of wine. So by the end of it, I like I had drunk most of a bottle of wine. It was hazy at the end, real hazy. And then I went another time and I, I, I was like, well, that was silly. So I brought a little keg. Remember those little kegs of Heineken? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> it's four hours. Like, <laughs> but I drunk that really early. So I was sort of kind of very drunk at the beginning and then sobered up. So it was this hazy bit in the middle where <laughs> I'd never quite seen. So I went a third time and sat as sober as I could. Didn't even have popcorn. Just stared at the screen for four hours to be like, right, that's what happens. Great, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what, what what do you think makes this a, a decent film to watch on small screen if it is a decent film to watch on a small screen it's not graphically reliant is it, it no it's the story it's very story based so I think in that sense it's perfect for the, the Netflix angle in the uh, yeah it's, it, how, how do you guys normally choose your films that you watch on Netflix Jay <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm big on series I, I, but, but I like if a series has a chunk so I want a series of like three seasons. Mm. At very least, the third season starting soon. He just watched Game of Thrones. I ju- I've just watched just Game before the new season started. Yeah, he's well, like, no. I've, I've zero. Yeah, zero, zero Game of Thrones. That's what he's been like. I'm, I'm like the wall all yeah. the way through <laughs> yeah. until so you know about the, three weeks ago. You know, there's a big wall in there though. Yeah, if you have social media, you know a lot about Game of Thrones. And that was the thing is, I'd watch, I'd watch uh, Tony watch some episodes now and again and be like, yeah, that's cool, you know, swords and magic or whatever. Like, not my kind of thing. And then, yeah, have just sat and watched the entire lot. Oh, it's a good show. <laughs> oh, it's a very good show. But well worth waiting. Wait until all the hype's died down and then just sit quietly and smash out like eight episodes. Eight <laughs> seasons, sorry. I'm, I'm not ready. I'm not there yet. <laughs> it's addictive, though. It's really addictive. Do you ever go for, because obviously Netflix has its own algorithms and recommendations, do you ever go for them or do you think, that's not for me, Netflix? You know. Sometimes. Well, the thing about Netflix, and I'm a big Netflix user, and I've had it since it was available. Mm. 
it's not brilliant. Like it hasn't. Got... <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't recommend well. No, because and it's not really. It's not the recommendation algorithm's fault. It's their stock of films. Like you know, they'll have such the other movies. So many. Oh know, yeah. for, for a long time, I was I was sat there being like. Sure, I could watch Smokey and the Bandit too. Like, <laughs> I haven't seen that in a while. Oh, they don't have Smokey One though. Like, that's a really random thing to have. Even with series, there's a series I just watched like last year. It's the whole thing, cheesy TV called White Collar. Oh yeah. So I watched five seasons of it on Netflix and was like, all right, that and it just kind of like pooted out. It just sort of finished. It like for a show which has had like big cliffhangers every year, that just kind of finished. There's a sixth. Season. <laughs> That's not available. It's not, not available on Netflix. It wasn't until recently it came up, and it's only six episodes long. Like they just, <laughs> they just weren't licensed to it. And we were over in France, and they had a whole different license. They have different TV shows on Netflix. Same with US, and same with every, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not fair. <laughs> I want everything. But you're a Netflix power user, aren't you? So for the True. for the kind of layman. Surely there's enough there to quite easily oh, yeah. Yeah, get you involved. Yeah. 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 And Very if you can find people. something you like, it's great being thrown up the stuff. And the originals they do are just the bomb. Yeah. yeah. Now they've had a bit of time to churn out a few as well. Like, I mean, Marco Polo just started second season. I'm, I'm like so excited that the second season <laughs> finally arrived now. I was like, that's one of the greatest shows on at the moment. They, they, yeah. But again, they are hit and miss. They did sign off Adam Sandler for quite a Good long Lord. contract. <laughs> have, you, have you seen that? Yeah. Have you seen that? Uh, Ridiculous Six. And he's another one no, as well. Has he got another one? There's another one. It's and recommended at the end of every time you've watched any Adam Sandler Sar- any movie on Netflix. The yeah. next oh, you movie. should watch this new Adam Sandler movie. Have yeah. you have you have you started watching Helen? I don't do Adam Sandler either. <laughs> Not for a long time. That has to be a challenge for you, I think, throughout, throughout the course of the podcast. We're laying it yeah, down now. Start at the beginning, though. Yeah, yeah, if don't, you start don't watch early, the new ones. That's not bad. If yeah. you start way back when at, like... Um, Madison, Happy Gilmore, they're oh, all right. Cool. Yeah, Happy, Happy Gilmore. I, I think I've that opened 20... a door now. I wish I'd... Oh, it's a huge door. Pandora. Oh. I think I watched Happy Gilmore 27 times a week once. Like, it's a hell of a movie. But you have to stop it like Little Nicky. Or Zohan. You worked it out the other day. You stop hard at Zohan and then just don't relate to anything else. Now, segue um, back into Ripley, I dare you. It is. <laughs> so much like the mimic uh, Adam Sandler. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, going back to... <laughs> to Ripley. <laughs> the reason we're here. Thinking about anti Anthony Minghella films, are you familiar with any of his other pieces? I had a little look earlier, and yes, but what are some of the titles? Um, so the, the, big, the big one is the English Patient, with the yeah, the yeah. multi Oscar winning. So I think monster. I, and recently, epic. Carol Carol as well was a which is like last year, I think. Yeah. Okay. Was that the last one he did then? I think it was the last one. Died. He was Oscar nominated. Nice. Yeah. yeah okay. Should be. Because um, also along um, with see it's based on the Patricia Highsmith novel and Carol was also based on a novel of hers so okay but it's, yeah I yeah. think it's something The Price of Salt I believe is the name of the book and then Carol is based on that on that obviously. book yeah so um, obviously a partnership that they've got there but sort of your experience of any of his other films English Patience nice <laughs> 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 you know uh, um, is, is that Ray Fiennes Ralph Fiennes one of yeah. which one yeah two different people they're the same, <laughs> same person they're the same person different pronunciation there's another oh, oh damn this <laughs> 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 is me <laughs> yeah it's good it's a good movie have you, you guys watched it recently are you fans I haven't watched it recently I mean I did enjoy it um, when I saw it a while ago it's I very think... it's very cinematic 
yes. very kind of Lawrence of Arabia kind of grandeur. It's got all over it, right? And I'd say between the two... Talented Mr. Ripley is more watchable, more, yeah, more, more repeat more, watchable. It's fun as it's more fun. Mm. Yeah, a lot of fun like like it. you were saying earlier, Kobe, the the first like hour or so, or like you were saying, happy go, yeah, lucky it's cool, rom-com. yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, they're, and they're kind of shooting around Italy, ciao, ciao, hey, grazie, like it's like that's really cool, and it's a real nice period piece as well. It's only when it spins off into the uh, the dark side, gets <laughs> <laughs> really weird. It's really really weird, but it's cool at that point because. You, you, you stay with the one person who it feels weird to stay with, which is Mr. Ripley. Like, you know, when he gets his apartment in Dickie's name yeah. and is living Dickie's life. Like, that's all really weird. But you see kind of Mr. Ripley, good old Tom, putting putting his kind of house together and putting some furnishings. And, you know, like, he's gone to Ikea. Yeah, he's, got the, the, shop. he's got the little head bust of, of whatever and he loves his little place. And it's like, oh, come on, man. Like, I've seen him come from nothing as well. So it's... um. You're so with him, and then every time it gets dark, you kind of feel bad almost that you're you're his compadre on this sort of thing. It's kind of weird how you see him kind of degenerate into a mass murderer, basically. Because yeah. the... but you kind of have a lot of sympathy for him in the start. What, um, what just when he first kills the first guy? Well, no, but from, from <laughs> or before the, that. yeah, when you first kind of meetings, obviously it's very clear that you know whatever his family situation is, yeah. he doesn't seem to have one. He doesn't really mm. come from anywhere. You know, he seems to be very you know, wanting to please everyone and mm. obviously no outward signs of being a psychopath at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and like, again, when he is in his kind of his dream house, his dream yeah. world, you you know, he kind of feels like he's achieved that or he's, he's kind of worked for it as well. Yeah, and if anyone touches things around, he's like, ah, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Don't touch my little head busty thing. I'll bash your head in. And, and <laughs> who, who does Philip Seymour Hoffman play? What's the guy? Freddie. 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 Yeah. Freddie's great. Everyone loves well. Freddie. I know. He's everyone's mate. I've got a couple of Freddie mates. I might be Freddie for a couple of <laughs> <laughs> I think that was, Freddie was, Freddie was part of the trigger, wasn't it? That everything was going fine between this weird threesome of, yeah. of Ripley and Jude Law and Gwyneth. And then Freddie comes along. It's like, who's this? Who's this? Who's this Tom guy you're hanging around with? And mm. that's when he becomes Stop alienated. Him. Doesn't get to go skiing. I think that was the, th- the key thing. Yeah, wasn't it? they kind of chooses to spend time with him, listening to records rather than with Ripley. Yeah. When they first kind of meet, is you can kind of see him then notice the kind of wedge between them, and also kind of the social background as well coming coming into play a little bit more. But Gwyneth Paltrow's character says it, doesn't it, uh, to to uh, to Ripley at the time. Like that's what he's like when 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 Dickie's like on you, he's you, and it's just you and him it's all true. the time. Yeah, it's true. You know, so I guess almost what's Gwyneth Paltrow's character's name? Marge. Marge. <laughs> thank you. Okay, that I, I'm forgiven for getting that name. <laughs> but Marge is used to it. She's used to sitting and doing her own thing and writing her book when Dickie shoots off for however many weeks and leaves him just in the just leaves her and. But I don't think Tom's set up for it, you know. After after bit experiencing that friendship and it being so intense, mm. he can't handle anything. Whereas when Freddie comes in, it almost reminds Dickie about it. it reminds Jude Law's character that like, oh yeah, I'm a lot on this guy. Let's uh, let's hang out with Freddie now. And that moving off, it just sends like Miss Tom Ripley <laughs> off the charts, really, doesn't it? That was one that scene on the boat was quite. Vicious. It is. Let's talk about yeah. the first Jay takes. Uh, sorry, Tony takes us through the first death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, watch 
since last night, so I shouldn't have. <laughs> well, yeah, he kills him, doesn't he? <laughs> That's it, Bonner. I'm trying to think back to actually what kicks it off. I know there's there's a lot of blood and a lot of scrambling around, and he's beating him with a paddle by the end, but. I think I, th- I can't even a, remember. Cry- it's a crime of passion, really. Yeah, yeah. it is. Dicky loses it. It's coming up. It's coming Dickie for a while. Dicky loses it with yeah. him, and he's like, "Look, you are pretty, you know, creepy." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kind of says, "Look, you're weird, mate." Says it straight. Yeah, but yeah. everything he says he's weird for. Like you say, it's very sympathetic. So even at the moment of like when it kills him, but up to, <laughs> up to he's very sympathetic because he's like a Dicky saying to him, "You're wearing my clothes. Like you're really weird. You're here. You're there. Everywhere." Whereas earlier on, a few weeks ago or whatever, however long in the time was, he's like, ah, just wear my clothes. Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's cool. Like, mm-hmm. and let's go to Rome and let's go to this place. And you come in skiing. You are coming skiing. And all of a sudden, but you know, Tom's creepy. <laughs> Tom, if Tom wasn't as creepy with it, he would have got to go skiing. It's as simple as that. But he was too creepy for skiing. <laughs> um, and obviously the, the murder is pretty horrific, but then mm. it kind of gets even weirder post-murder. Because... They're hugging each other. He hugs. Yeah. He embraces him. Oh, yeah. he's he laying he, in the boat. Yeah, yeah, he's and, just, yeah it's a bit weird. <laughs> Having a little cry again. <laughs> he likes that. Yeah. yeah so well. Tom Ripley forces Jude Law's dead, his, his cadaver, to kind of spoon him. Yeah. <laughs> in the boat, and it just kind of floats around, and it kind of goes in and out of the hallucinogenic kind of wave, doesn't it? Mm. it kind of, that's some nice cinematography there. But then he kind of pans back, and there's this blood-soaked boat, and they're spooning. And you think, Tom's just a weirdo. <laughs> but you get the impression he does feel remorse for this one at least. Yeah. And yeah. maybe less so as they become more. He kind of think he goes through waves, doesn't he? Where yeah. he kind of regrets one and then. But it seems classic kind of psych- it a, a sociopath. He, 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 he's, he's upset when he realises that it's definitely bad. I shouldn't kill people. I'm Shit, sure of that. Damn it, not again. <laughs> yeah, but almost. But I had to kill him. He was in my way. He was definitely going to, like, you know, ruin this. So, <laughs> like, and it's that kind of the decision making power is gone. For the rest of us, it'd be like, that's wrong. I really can't kill him because he won't take me to St. Bart's or, <laughs> or wherever. But for him, it's neat. You know, it, it must happen. It's, well, maybe the first time, not so much. You think the first time's literally a cry and passion? It's, there's nothing planned. Yeah, there's there? no, I think he does regret it and then after the first blow you can kind of maybe see that he would want to kind of undo it but mm. then it's too late yeah it's too yeah, late it's too and late. he has to finish One it then is... he can't he can't he can't lie his way out of that there's no way he can no Dickie's not going to be like it. yeah okay you're right he, you know I accidentally <laughs> my smashed fault. my head I did deserve a good oaring <laughs> <laughs> it's brutal though isn't it side of his head kind of bleeds oh, in a very yeah. realistic way but it's also 1999 so they don't it, they don't go all the way no you you don't, you don't, but they imply it really well though like every blow you kind of feel the blow but it's just clever cutting yeah because it's, really it's, it's always focused on uh, like Matt Damon actually throwing the throwing the oar yeah. down throw some blood on cut back yeah more blood cut back <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes on to live live his life under under Dickie's passport and stuff and he's getting he? away with it till yeah. bloody Freddy comes along isn't he yeah. <laughs> like, he's pretty much getting away with it <laughs> Bloody Freddy. <laughs> this is it, which is why, Fred, but when he makes the decision to kill Freddy, that's a very premeditated. It's you know because he 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 decides what he's going to do it with when Freddy comes in because Freddy leaves, isn't he? It's a big yeah. kind of confrontation. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Come back up, skidoosh, uh, the old bust to the head. Oh, it's brutal. 
brutal. And then there's the oh, then there's the whole random. This is what you say. You could literally miss the second half of the movie. It could be its own film because there's the Inspector Clouseau guy. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the detective. <laughs> he's great. He's like really sharp though. <laughs> just but like, totally misses the point as well. Like he's on it, but then just. <laughs> Just yeah. goes off like he just he's but again another little bit of luck for um for Mr Ripley is that he's on it he's he's got him he's another guy who knows he gets taken off the case yeah. though mm. and, uh, and he shoots off to Rome then he meets up with the English guy the, who's the gay English guy Jack Davenport yeah. Jack Davenport well done sir wow <laughs> good pull <laughs> and then he builds a whole new life for himself but then he's Tom is that mostly right? yeah he's yeah, yeah. he's yeah. Tom though. mostly right <laughs> yeah. So this is where it gets bizarre because with with Jack Davenport he's Tom Ripley yeah but with Kate Blanchett he's he's Mr he's Greenleaf Dick, yeah. Dickie Greenleaf yeah. yeah and that's where it all the really, eventual yeah. yeah but also with the detective he's Dickie Greenleaf right? yeah, yeah so no, no, that's... no 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 he knows him as Ripley oh yeah the detective knows yes that's no, no, I think you're right no no he no no because Gwyneth Paltrow is going to catch them talking when he thinks he's you're right yeah yeah, yeah yeah okay so Inspector Clouseau knows, <laughs> yeah. him, knows him as, as Ripley no it's Dickie really. Dickie yeah <laughs> it gets very confusing it is <laughs> you can see why he has to kill some people <laughs> this is too confusing it must stop wants to stay out of jail kill some people <laughs> also like to point out apart from obviously uh, our uh, inspector friend the only person who really kind of works out Apart from obviously Freddie is uh, obviously Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then so, the dad's like, "Shut up, woman!" Yeah, yeah. She she pretty much just shuts her down, even though it's quite clear that she's onto something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's pretty pretty harsh. <laughs> like, if she was to be less shouty about it and just lay her information yeah. out on the table for five minutes, like <laughs> yeah, he was, he saw him last on the boat, yeah. and then he was the last one to see Freddie. This is it, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> Not looking good. Well, the smoke, this fire. <laughs> Loads of people were alive. Then we met Tom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he comes off pretty well at the end, right? So D- Dickie's dad ends up giving him a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to stay quiet. To stay about, quiet. About Dickie being, doing the murders. <laughs> yeah, doing yeah. all the murders. <laughs> it's great. It is. He's a winner. And he's, and he's got away with it, apart from the fact very very early on in the movie stinky Kate Blanchett yeah why is, is that why she yeah. stinky Kate Blanchett and that's because like he's ruined his plan oh, right. his first lie because that's when he tells her right at the start that he's Dicky, Dicky yeah. not yes. Tom Ripley and he didn't if he'd never done that he'd probably been alright he didn't need to do that I think he was just testing out his, his yeah. method wasn't he mm. I mean, one hole I will pick in in Italic Mr. Ripley is apparently, you know, the European socialite scene is about eight people wide. Like, (laughs) they absolutely all know each other. Oh, you know, yeah, that's... (laughs) And we're talking pre-telephone as well, or email, but they all know each other quite intimately. Mm. It's definitely phones. There are phones. Yeah. Okay, cool. Telegrams. I love to figure out where you, when you think this movie is actually set because it doesn't quite make sense. <laughs> yeah, I might have missed a trick on that one. <laughs> I see you've, you've pulled up your scoring system. How, how are we doing on the score. scoring? Yeah. Should we go to the scores? Is there any more, anything else we want to touch upon? Helen, Sorry, when yes. did you first see it? Because yeah. we forgot to oh, ask. True. I think I must have seen it maybe three or four years after it came out, I think. So, sure. um, is that in Born Era? I think it would have been just before Born Era, I think. Okay. But definitely kind of Goodwill Hunting, Private Ryan, mm. Courage mm. Under Fire. So uh, already. <laughs> Courage Under Fire is great as well. It, it's, it? it's a really, really good film. Yeah. I think it's quite an un- underrated one. So, uh, but yeah, well aware of Matt Damon. And like even now, 
I, I will probably watch anything that he's in. Yeah, I don't really, even though he's a bit funny. It's funny, he's a weird one. He's a bit of a laughing stock in some ways, but no one's ever denying that he's a very good actor no, no, at no. any point. But they're just, it's the whole South Park uh, trope. Yeah. Uh, it's their whole, yeah, Team America thing. And <laughs> it just, he's never dropping that. He's never, he's never <laughs> getting past that. Like, There's a generation of people who only know him as. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you, what did you make of it, Helen, overall? Overall, so um, my, uh, Recommendability. Oh, we're going into the scores straight away. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, 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 right. I just want to. Oh, gen- generally, yeah. I think it's great, and the performances in it are fantastic, and um, it has got that kind of artsy vibe mentioned there earlier, <laughs> and it just kind of it moves along. It is quite a long film, but it does kind of move along at a quite a nice pace, and. The Italy scenes, they are very light and you've got this really good contrast between the light scenes in the day and then this very, very dark, scary character as well. Mm. And um, I think it all really, really kind of comes together really well. And I think it has aged quite well. You, mm. Yeah. Apart from, you know, maybe some of the bits are a little bit kind of dated in terms of uh, sort of quite static scenes and things mm. uh, you know this could be made but it kind of this feels like, a type, it's like something of the period and I know we will agree that I don't know when the period is but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's, it's a kind of heart back to that sort of feel of, of old timey cinema it's definitely shot on film as well yeah, yeah. definitely shot on film you really yeah. see that yeah and it's nice it hasn't been and it's definitely shot on location that's not like <laughs> yeah. that's not somewhere yeah. in Canada that they've done up to the like no. it's definitely Italy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or somewhere Europe Mediterranean maybe. yeah it's, it's definitely a Mediterranean place and it's very you feel it and you feel it from a tourist's like view how, how they're seeing it but being great and like you say it's so cool and seedy at night as well mm. it is kind of very tangible isn't it you're like oh, that beach looks great for right here right now I want to be on that beach when it first meets yeah when they first meet each other and stuff like that and everyone's wearing the horrific speedos <laughs> <laughs> they are some impressive speedos the lime green I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's not that talented then <laughs> it's a bad speedo choice <laughs> so should we go should we go to the to the scoring system sure alright so a scores out of there's four different scores and we come up with an overall score at the end Recommendability score. This is all. These are all going to be tongue twisters. Yeah. <laughs> these are all tongue twisters. So the recommendability score. What do you? Let's go from. And we're, and we're going out of five. Yeah, out, okay. of five. out of five. How much you recommend it to someone? I'm presuming yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you haven't seen it, you should see it. Five. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a very good movie. That's great. That's great as well because it's not really your kind of movie, is it? No, but it's a very good movie. You yeah, can't, it's difficult to deny good movies. Yeah, I'd say it sits in like you like you mentioned earlier, the Oscar space. Yeah, absolutely. Sits in when you did fancy. it win anything? It was definitely nominated. Uh, yeah. I don't think it won anything. Ninety nine was a big 90. year. It was yeah. a big year. That's true. <laughs> that is true. But yeah, it sits in the same space as um, Twelve Years a Slave. Sometimes I just want to see a movie of that much, like you know, gravitas and that and that dramatic. Mm. Uh, same thing with Talented Mrs. Ripley or like same Private Ryan mm. you know not yeah. often am I going to be like a oh, nice World War 2 movie that sounds great you know cheer me up <laughs> um, but it's yeah I'd say, yeah, I'm going to go five as well going to go five as well yeah. Helen what do you want to recommend about the score yeah five I mean if you haven't seen it then yeah you have to see it essential Matt Damon film and um, if you have seen it but you've not seen it for a few years then definitely worth another watch I like that essential Matt Damon film. I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. I think you're absolutely right. Because it's important to remember he wasn't always born. Yeah. 
for a while he was yeah. the great actor of the two and Ben Affleck was shooting down the uh, star star highway real quick he was with J-Lo at the time wasn't he probably yeah yeah Dance, he did Armageddon boat, straight yeah. after like and Pearl Harbor so yeah. those oh, God, yeah. super bankable Mr. Mr. A-list and Matt Damon was the his mate because yeah, this, <laughs> this was before or after Good Will Hunting it's after after, after so, yeah, 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 it's just, that, yeah. That's why Good Will Hunting is so amazing because those two guys came out and wrote an Oscar-winning movie and won an Oscar for it, and they were like, <laughs> "How do you like them apples?" Yeah, yeah. exactly. Hey, here we go. Had to come in someplace. I'll give this a five as well. I think yeah. I recommend it to anyone to watch. Maybe perhaps with caveats. It's a longer film, so you can't just whack it on, and you want you want to pay attention. Mm. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, it's a repeat viewing. Tony. But you can do it in two parts. You could do like the nice This, is, this is a good thing about <laughs> and, yeah. and Netflix will remember where Wait, you were. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the repeat viewing score. Repeat viewing. Okay, well that is maybe not because it is quite long. Yeah. <laughs> and I've only watched it once in the last ten years probably. <laughs> so And what is the what what and what is our Description of repeat viewing. So if you like, oh. if you watch it like more than once, you have to watch it more than once a year. Yeah, yeah that's kind of fine. That happy Gilmore. No, so yeah. no, no. <laughs> two. I'll give it a two. Two for repeatability. Yeah. Jay, I'm gonna go four because I have seen it five or six times in the last ten years. It's not a go-to Matt Damon movie for me or a go-to movie for me, but it is one that comes up. Well, hence when this came up, you know, watching a movie on Netflix, it's like, ooh. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Ripley. <laughs> yeah, sure. Exactly. See Jude Law when he was good. That'd be nice. <laughs> just for five minutes. Rare glimpse. Rare glimpse. Isn't yeah. that just him of being talent. himself? Quality, quality like, yeah. Why he's playing an American, I'll never know. Like, yeah, that's fair. It's just unnecessary. <laughs> Helen, repeat viewing score. Yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna give it a four as well, which is could be slightly generous, but it mm. it is very watchable, and yeah. you do kind of get caught up in it and it is even though it is over the two hour mark it doesn't quite feel that long no. and I think you know if if the opportunity arose I would you know if I could on TV I probably would sit there and, and watch it again I think just the performances are so absorbing that yeah. you, you can you can get a lot out of it and there was things that I didn't really remember from kind of the first time that I saw again and you just kind of yeah. notice maybe like little subtle things in the background as There's well. There's lots of things you could miss, right? Yeah. As, as you're going through. I think I'm going to give that a three based on, yeah. If I saw it on TV and it was halfway through, I'd sit down and watch the rest of it. Totally. But I don't think I would think, what should I watch now? Should it be talented Mr. Ripley? The, it's the, a bit of a task, isn't it? Yeah, there'd be something else I'd probably have more priority over. But if it's on and I've got, you know, an hour to kill and it's half, you know, halfway through the film, I'd definitely sit down and catch the rest of it because yeah. it's so absorbing. And like you say, it's just... Creepy and fun at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> creepy and fun. That's creepy a great. That's a featured great on the poster. <laughs> creepy and fun from Oscar winner Anti Mingella. Creepy and fun. The small screen score, Tony. Well, that's an interesting one because I think the story itself, even if you weren't watching it, you could probably make out quite a decent movie from just listening to it. Yeah. So if you... But are you going to hold a small screen for two and a half hours? And there are probably quite a few little. Um, <coughs> bits in the movie that are subtle camera subtle camera work mm. you could miss small screen so I'm going to go down the three, three. on the fence Jay what what are we what are we classing as small screen so small screen is your TV at home and smaller so through kind to versus okay. like going to the cinema to see it yeah sure I would like to see this in the cinema again because it's 
it's it, well, it's beautiful at points. Some of the shots mm. of the Mediterranean, some of the shots of of just anything, even some of the shots of the actors' faces, and just the general feel it gives. I bet is great on a big screen, and I bet it comes across really well because it's got that film feel. Exactly, yeah. It's, whatever it's on thirty five mil or whatever, but. Um, then again, it's a long one. Uh, it's nice to be able to pause that and time to take a break <laughs> and come back to it, which you can't do in cinema and Nursey Dead Rich. So yeah, I'm gonna go straight down the middle with you as well. I think three, three's a three's a solid mark. Helen, I'm gonna give it four. I mean, it's one of those films that, I mean, it does have the lovely visual quality, but you know, don't think you have to see it on the cinema. And you know, it it is a nice one that you can just comfortably kind of sit down. You know get a drink, bed in for the two, <laughs> two hours and 17 minutes and, you know, comfortably watch it at home without kind of feeling like you're missing out on anything really, having not seen it the first time around. So I'm going to go with four for that one. I'm going to go with three. I think it's it looks great on a small screen, but I think it'd be nice to see what it did look like on the big screen. Yeah. I don't think it misses out so much, but I don't think... Uh, yeah, yeah, you're not missing out, but, but yeah, but I think there there could yeah, be something. Be something I don't remember. I imagine it was good, but 1999 was a while back now. So, so if you were passing by the Prince Charles Cinema and you had a couple of hours to kill and and it was on, you'd yeah, which is why I've given it a three because yeah. maybe you'd like, like to see, <laughs> yeah. like I might see that. I don't know. <laughs> Engagement score. So this is like if you sat if you sat down and started watching, would you switch it off because you're bored? Does it get? Does it? Do you feel a need to pull out your phone and start checking Twitter? Oh. Mm. <laughs> well, so you, could, hmm, you shouldn't do anything else while you're watching it because right. you'll miss something. First and foremost, like did you? How he kills Dicky? <laughs> <laughs> like, why? Why did he kill Dicky? Don't know. I think I was. I don't know what I was doing. I was did you? Did you? Did you see the whole movie? Yes, you did. You didn't, you didn't <laughs> Except little... I was probably a little distracted it a couple of times. You didn't have a little snooze at the end. No. I didn't have a snooze. Okay, well that says a lot because you snooze through the end. There might have video games. <laughs> It's not the best movie to watch while playing video games. Okay. Because there's a lot going on. <laughs> so engagement score, but realistically, knowing that, yeah, it's a four. You've got to watch, you, it, it, it does engage you, it makes you want to watch it. I'd have definitely fallen asleep if it wasn't engaging, because <laughs> yeah. I'd fall asleep in any movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's why I asked, because it's a good test. It's a very good test. <laughs> yeah, four or five, so I'm going to go five. Because it's engrossing. It's 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 you're there. As, as I think we've said it a couple of times during the podcast, but it's a couple of hours long. It doesn't feel like it necessarily. It doesn't talk. Yeah, but in the same way, we keep saying it's kind of almost two sides of a coin. It's because it's that different to each other. It's very night and day, or well, well, day and night as the movie goes on. And by the time you get to night, it's a, a weird, creepy thing, which, <laughs> which you're glad you're still in, you know? Helen, engagement score. I'm going to give it a four. I think if you've never seen it before then you will be really into it because you're gonna you want to know what happens i've seen it a few times before and i was kind of doing a little bit of research on the side so just kind of a bit of imdbing and wikipedia while i was watching it so not a hundred percent engaged this time round. <laughs> But uh, I think if you're definitely if you're watching it for the first time around, you were you Wikipedia and be... uh, IMDb being this movie though. Yeah, this movie, yeah. So it's oh, pretty engaging yeah. though. Yeah, it's pretty engaging. <laughs> it's, it's when you find yourself watching another thing on YouTube. <laughs> I'm probably not into this movie anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so we have, yeah. And What's your score? Yeah. My score is four for engagement. I think you have to be into watching it. I think it loses a point because you could potentially just kind of think, not for me right now, and mm. leave. 
but then if you're in the right mood you can come back and you just be like sold into yeah, it yeah if you catch it on the wrong afternoon yeah and it's just started it might be like yeah, yeah I don't feel yeah right. Jude Law oh. <laughs> <laughs> Emma Damon. we're going to have to talk about your Jude Law foibles so we were talking about this earlier because we were suddenly like what was that movie and I was, and we didn't check if it was on Netflix but I love, no, we didn't, love we, Honor and Obey Love Honor and Obey do you remember that film was that the gangster one yeah, yeah. with yeah. Johnny Lee Johnny Lee Miller, Miller who Jude Law stole his career yeah, yeah. the guy that could act they both the partnership. They were like best mates, partnership. Jude Law got all the deals, got his ability. Who's Johnny Miller? I haven't seen him in years. No. Well, Johnny Great Miller actor. is coming back in Trainspotting too, surely. Surely, right? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah that's an excellent point. <laughs> but it feels like he needs the paycheck. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen, I mean, you'd expect to at least turn up in like 24. As the guy, <laughs> you know, six episodes in or something. Jack the, Bauer Jr. Yeah, Jack Bauer from another place. <laughs> Not quite as cool. So we'll go through the scores. Recommendability score. I need to work out how to say that. Mm-hmm. Overall score is five. Boom. Repeat viewing score, three, three and a quarter. Small screen score, three and a quarter. Engagement, three, four and a quarter. And that gives an overall score of 3.9. Ooh, out of five. Yeah, out of five. My two for repeat viewing feels harsh now because no, I, I, I don't think I don't feel it should have blow a four. No, we're not gonna. <laughs> no, but it should have a four. That's a Fantastic. No. We'll check out later what Netflix's score and compare it later. We'll cut that out. Yeah, I think it's four. Right. Yeah, it four. Yeah, I don't, it didn't get four. It didn't get the full stars. It three. No. It had three on mine last night because I was it? like, five, come on. <laughs> And while we do remember, yeah. what were the other movies called? Because I don't think we actually mentioned that. What other movies? movies? Oh, don't worry, actually. The, the other Ripley movies. Oh, oh yeah, Ripley's oh, the Ripley. Game. Yeah, oh, yeah it's oh, probably okay. Ripley Underground. So was this like the Ripley origin story? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cool as well, because the, 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 I think it came out second, but the Ripley's Game with John Malkovich, mm. he's like, he's John Malkovich, and he's 50-odd, and he's living in like some little quaint French town. <laughs> And he's and he's a bit of an assassin type, and it's deep. It's deep. It's really <laughs> worth watching. Like it's a really good story, the Tom Ripley story, because it you wouldn't think it had come from talented Mister Ripley, mm. where like where that character could have gone could be more of this crying, killing people. But he goes very very dark with it. And I, yeah, I, I, what I don't know is if the Barry Pepper one, which should should sit age wise him in the middle, if it's a natural progression. I don't know if he's a bit assassiny in the middle one and then full on assassin in the last. It's quite interesting because nowadays, if that was to be made now, this would immediately be a franchise, wouldn't it? They oh, would yeah. Automatically start it, restart the, the Ripley franchise, which is kind of depressing. But it's <laughs> nice that it's not. It's really nice sometimes to have that detachment, like complete detachment mm-hmm. in movies where you're just like, that is the same character, but, mm, you yeah, know, let's not get too serious about it. Let's make a good movie instead yeah, like of Yeah, like Michael that. Keaton's character in uh, Out of Sight and Jackie Brown. It's yeah. the same yeah, guy maybe. but works for a different agency. And Batman. He's like, I guess it's Batman, yeah, yeah. Mr. Mom. Um, <laughs> but no, it's the only it's the only time in, in film history where they've uh, they, they let another studio use the same character. Oh, okay. Oh well. Wow. So I can't wait to ray something. Were they or not other. both Miramax then? I don't think so. I don't oh, okay. think Out of Sight was. Oh, okay. I think that was more of a uh, studio film. Um, but they let them use it instead. Um, so it's the same guy, but he's ATF in one and he's like CIA or FBI on the other one or something like that but same guy same character I'll take that job done I need to go to Google and check this out mm. I think that's that's it for this episode oh, yeah cool. so if uh, you want to give your podcast a quick plug before we finish uh, yeah. yeah 
you guys should go and listen to How to Write a Tune. We interview uh, musicians about how to write tunes. Well, sometimes, very rarely, actually. Catch us on Twitter at H2What or in all the normal podcast places. Cool. And we'll link to all of these in the show notes, of course. Wonderful. And if uh, you get bored of that, you can check out <laughs> GR Productions, uh, who are a production company uh, for all your production needs. How's that? Mate? Fantastic. Super. <laughs> Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Thank Cheers. you, guys. Thank you. Hey guys, that was Tony and Jay. You can find them on the podcast, How to Write a Tune, and online. All the details are in the show notes. Uh, so just go to our website, go to the blog, and all the details are there. That was the talented Mr. Ripley. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Please don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. And of course, Tony and Jay were on the show today. Thank you very much. They're actually editing our podcast, so we have to big them up at GL Productions. And thanks, of course, to the mighty people for the tunes they can hear before the show and right now. And... Guys, we'll see you later. Bye.